it's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Is your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone. And Genesee Health Plan can help. I called and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, healthcare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner. At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then, I spent so many nights just thinking I had to be wrong, and I grew strong, and I learned how to get along. But now, you're back from outer space. I just walked in to find you here with that sad look on your face. I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made you leave your key. If I'd have known for just one second you'd be back to bother me, oh no. Walk out that door. Just turn around, because you're not welcome on the deck of the bridge anymore. Weren't you the one that tried to murder my crew? God, you bloodsucker. You managed to kill just about everyone else. But like a poor marshal, you keep missing the target. You're going to have to come down here, Calm. You're going to have to come down here. It took all the strength I had not to fall apart. The bridge was smashed, the computer's inoperable. But I don't believe in the no-win situation. So walk out the door. Just turn around now, because you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one that tried to hurt me with your lies? Do you think I'd crumble? Do you think I'd lay down and die? Oh no, not I. I will survive. As long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. And I've got all my life to live, and I've got all my love to give. I will survive. I will survive. Come I will survive! Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're celebrating Schlocktober with Tom Sumner.
Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, that's our last installment, actually, uh, of uh, Schlocktober. Every day during the month of October, while everybody else is celebrating Rocktober or Shocktober, we celebrate Schlocktober with a different uh, odd or horrible recording each day. And uh, that was a new one for Schlocktober 2020 from William Shatner doing Gloria Gaynor, which is is a little bit out there. We got a great show today. It's kind of a Halloween special coming up in the second hour. We're going to do our annual presentation of Orson Welles' great radio show, The War of the Worlds. And then uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour, we have musical guests, the Lords of October. But uh, starting out, um, I need to apologize to my first guest who uh, had to sit through Schlocktober. Um, he is the, uh, the creator and uh, author behind the, uh, the Meg, which Warner Brothers turned into a blockbuster movie. It was a whole series of New York Times bestsellers. And he has a, a, a new virtual project that we're going to talk about and, and try to explain a little bit called Sea Monster Cove. And of course, I'm talking about best-selling author Steve Alton, who joins me by phone. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. Just trying to get William Shatner's head voice out of my head for right now. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry. That's going to be a bit of an <laughs> earworm. Um, <laughs> anyway, I always feel bad in the month of October for the uh, the the guests during the first hour because they invariably get stuck listening to the Schlocktober pick of the day, whether it's uh, Mae West singing "Twist and Shout" or Granny Clampett singing the blues. There's there's been some strange ones, Steve. Um, but let me let me ask this. Um, just out of curiosity, this is the first time you've been on the show. Um, which came first, Jaws or Megalodon? Oh, Jaws was out in 1975 as a movie, and, and the, the book had come out a year or two before. Well, in the Jaws was way ahead. But the, as far as history is concerned, Megs came first. They were <laughs> they were around 30 million years ago. Um, the reason I ask is I just I have this picture in my mind, Steve, of you sitting there watching Roy Scheider say, "We need a bigger boat," and you're thinking to yourself, "No, we need a bigger shark." <laughs> <laughs> what is the fascination with you and dangerous sea creatures? Probably started when I was fifteen and read Jaws. And uh, once I read that, I wanted to read everything I could about great white shark attacks. And no matter what I read, there was always a little blurb, maybe a picture, of, a black and white picture of six nerdy-looking scientists sitting in a big jaw. And, uh, you know, it mentioned Carcharon on Megalodon. But nothing had really been commercially written about it. So fast forward about 20 years. I'm 35 years old, struggling to support a family of five, hated my job. And uh, one afternoon, as fate would have it, I get a Time magazine in the mail, and on the front cover is an anglerfish, and the article dealt with hydrothermal vents and the fact that up until 1977, scientists thought that no life could exist at the bottom of the ocean. But in 1977, they launched the Alvin Submersible. So they went down to the bottom, and they found all this amazing life living at the bottom of the ocean. They found hydrothermal vents spewing... 700 degree Fahrenheit water into the uh, to the uh, seafloor, 
and starting off with there's a new life, new life forms that we had never heard of that depended upon chemosynthesis or chemicals in the water as opposed to the sun. And so when I read that article, I thought, and they also talked about the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest part of the ocean, seven miles down in, in, in the uh, Western Pacific. So when I read that, I thought, what was that shark that I used to read about, the big jawed one? That'd be a pretty cool story if it was feasible that they could be still alive. So I went to the library because there was no internet back then <laughs> and did some research and uh, found the picture and uh, decided that I was going to write the book. And and then it became a series, and you also did one on the Loch Ness Monster. Once, once you um, kind of uh, opened up that ocean floor and could bring uh, prehistoric creatures into modern time um was that just uh did that just open up a, a floodgate no pun intended actually it did yes um now megalodon's not old as the dinosaurs megalodon like i said was around about 30 million years ago and only disappeared rather recently as far as time's concerned maybe two million to a hundred thousand years ago so they could technically have been around when humans were out there. You never know. Early man, at least, not Homo sapiens. But, uh, yeah, then once I figured out how to unlock the rest of the creatures, then it was like a kid in a candy store. And and so now you have this this new project going, which you've been working on for over a year. I think it just recently launched. Um called Sea Monster Cove, and it's literally a virtual um, theme park that that um, is an aquarium with all of these historic, dangerous sea creatures. Correct. Yeah, and it's it actually uh, not quite a year ago, but back in December of 2019... Uh, I got an, an idea for a story that would be another sort of prehistoric storyline, much different than Meg, but with certain parallels. And I realized that this is not going to be a book. I really wanted this to be a TV series. And the story involves, um, takes place eight years ago with a French marine biologist, Dr. Max Rostand. And he's on uh, an assignment for, for NOAA. And he goes out to the Mariana Islands, and, and one in particular called Mog, M-A-U-G. And the interesting thing about Mog Island is that uh, all these islands are volcanic islands. They all sit on the Mariana Trench subduction zone, so they all were created actually by the same forces that created the trench. And Mog erupted five million years ago so violently that it just blew apart the island, and the only thing that's left of it today are these three islets which sort of form the, the rim of the volcano and the lagoon, which was its old uh, magma chamber, the caldera itself. And so he goes there and he discovers that there's hot water pouring out of the bottom of the, of the lagoon into the lagoon. And uh, while he's out there, before the first day is over, he's going to uh, make some startling discoveries. One is that um, a, a fishing trawler, a local fishing trawler will, will 
entered the lagoon with uh, a huge, uh, what they originally thought was a whale, but then when they go to investigate it, it's, it turns out to be uh, a large shark. It's caught in its trawl net, and it's uh, the the the, the uh, shark dies, but it's very it's pregnant, and uh, it was going into labor when it it died. So Dr. Rostam performs an emergency C-section and releases 15 of its pups. They manage to save two of them, but they realize that this is a prehistoric mako shark. It's not a basking shark, and so that leads them to discover all sorts of things. And that's what, what runs through the series. And and then and this is available to people who become members of the website. Yeah. If uh, what I decided was that that this would have a um, a lot of components to it. What I really wanted to do was create, like you said, this virtual site that people can actually go see these things as if they were really on exhibit in an aquarium. And so we created these uh, state-of-the-art aquariums, and we hired a group of animators who created everything. So when you go to SeaMonsterCove.com, uh, you can see all these creatures, and, and not only can you see them, but they see you too, and they'll react to you. For instance, there's a number of different ways you can actually see them. We have them on uh, exhibit where you can see them at a, a viewing area. But the really fun part is when you get to view them in a, in a uh, we lower you down in a cage into their environment, and they just take turns attacking you. That's the most fun. And, and, the, um, and there are so many components to this. Uh, um, it, it really is like a, uh, like a museum um, or, or uh, an aquarium that people could actually go to. I mean, when you visit the website, it's like a promotion for a place that actually exists. Yeah, and you could you, know, you take a virtual vacation in, in this time of COVID, so it's safe and you have a lot of fun there for a couple of hours. And there's also a private library that has uh, all my books in there, only different type of uh, what we've done is we've enhanced my books using color images so that the the story is very visual. So you can read any of my books in there, including the Lock and the Meg series. Uh, we have a uh, a museum there, a prehistoric shark museum, and our own curator. So there's an educational component, and then we're going to have a we filmed the first uh, episode of the TV series. And we're creating the uh, video game as well. So that will all be loaded up on the site soon, too. Steve, I have to take a uh, break here, but I want to talk to you some more about this uh, uh, virtual experience and, and how it works. Uh, can you stick around for a few minutes and uh, we'll dig down some more? Happy to. Thank you. Uh, my guest is Steve Alton, the creator of the Meg series and the new virtual aquarium, Sea Monster Cove, which is so much more than a virtual aquarium, and we'll talk about that when we return. If you're listening to us on 92.1, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, hear Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com 
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. My guest this hour is uh, the author and uh, driving force behind the the Meg series, and he has a new project going called Sea Monster Cove. That's a uh, virtual aquarium. Steve Alton is uh, is my guest, and he joins me by phone. Steve, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. And uh, thanks for sticking around. I I wanted to ask you uh, this. Um, you said this is a, a great thing to do while people are kind of shut in because of uh, COVID nineteen. But did you did you have any idea um, how computer centric people were going to become when you started this project? No, because uh, the ideas all came to me back in in December and. It wasn't for two or three more months that, you know, the, the virus became a pandemic and then it became evident that this could turn into something that would be valuable to people who were stuck in. But, um, you know, of course, uh, the, the COVID economy has affected everything, too. So sort of six and one, half a dozen and the other. But what we did was we decided to cut the price of admission, you know, by 60 percent to make it affordable, basically 30 cents a day for an entire household. But you get an awful lot of entertainment value, and it's something that unique. You can't do it anywhere else. I think this is the first time anything like this has ever been attempted. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I I went to the website and I watched the uh, introduction uh, video, and got a chance to poke around a little bit and see some of the educational components that you have, teachers' guides and and other things. Um, and and the fact that you mentioned during the last segment about having an actual uh, uh, curator for this um, for this aquarium. It's it's all virtual, but do you need any special equipment to um, to get the best experience out of it? Well, the, I I would say the best experience would be the the larger the screen that you're watching it on would be the the, the more fun experience. So on a phone, it, it works fine on a phone. Uh, but, you know, uh, a personal computer or a large-screen TV that, that picks up the Internet would be great, too. Uh, but you don't have to have anything like, uh, you know, headgear and, you know, virtual reality no, no, equipment. No, no, nothing like that. You, you, you use your mouse to, um, there's a little circle on each. Uh, we, have, we have two different types of videos. We have, um, I should say, uh visiting experiences we have our 360 uh experiences where you can actually control the the uh angle that you're looking at, at everything so that if you're in a cage diving with a uh 300 million year old dunkleosteus who's attacking you you can actually move the the screen around so that you see wherever you want to see so every experience becomes unique in that way uh because you can never duplicate it and then the um how many how many creatures are there and how much did you have to to research steve to to figure out how you were going to populate this aquarium that's an interesting question because we actually have a situation where the the uh what goes on in the aquarium for visitors will also parallel the tv series and so what happens on the tv series will also happen in the virtual aquarium so, for instance, in the first episode of the TV series, 
uh, our big attraction, Snowflake, which is our uh, 60-foot, 50,000-pound albino prehistoric mako shark, uh, she's in kind of a a pissy mood and uh, doesn't want to eat any of the... the, uh, the dead food they're offering her. She's a predator, and she wants to hunt her own food. And so she, they dangle a um, a sea elephant carcass from a from a crane, and they put a thumper in it, which gives it a cardiac beat. So it will try to fool her. Well, she grabs the thing, leaps out of the tank, grabs it, and just sinks back into the tank and drags the crane and the truck in in her tank with her. <laughs> so when you go, <laughs> so that week that that episode airs, when you go to see her. There may be a truck sitting at the bottom of her tank. That's it's an interesting continuity thing. You didn't um, have an opportunity to have much uh, editorial control over the movie The Meg, but you have it in in uh, in total for this uh, TV series. Yeah, th- that's. Uh exactly what happened because uh when you option your rights as an author you know that's they take over the picture from there and, and the people who took it over and it's, you know i had written the original screenplay that um helped get the project financed and then i got replaced which is fine and and they brought in some really excellent screenwriters who did a great job but um you know i wanted to still have uh the influence of of you know being part of something and uh so we see with the Sea Monster Cove project, um, the TV series is actually called Where Sea Monsters Roam. And, um, you know, we shot the first episode and we're in, in post-production right now. But, um, you know, I'm the screenwriter and I also determine what gets put on film. So uh, it's, it's, it's more fun for me because I get to be part of it. Well, and, and it's, it's always nice to have that creative control. Yeah, and you know, I love my fans, the Makeheads, they they're they did a great job promoting the film and stuff, but um you know, they they wanted to be more bloody the but the first one is always a family more more of a family adventure, so I understood that choice. But uh you know, they they wanted something R rated, you know, that was really a lot of blood and violence and stuff and and the T V series gives them more than what they want. And and again, I mentioned uh, I think during the last segment, Steve, that um, when you go to the website, you become a member of the website. Once you do that, and it's a fairly nominal monthly fee, um, then everything is free, unlimited access. That's correct. Everything. Uh, the library. Uh, you can uh, read any of my books, which you know, read a book a month, and that's more than what the, the the membership costs and and these are all enhanced versions and and of course the visits and the once we have the uh we're in the, the process of developing the video game but that's going to be awesome you also have and a cartoon it, in the works yeah we have a concept for a cartoon that's probably a, a little bit ways down the road but um yeah we have something lined up for that too and and i can't help no it just commenting on the fact that you know this comes at such an interesting time when people are becoming even more and more uh, attached to their computers because of COVID-19 and uh, sheltering at home and and that um, this 
comes out at, at like almost the, the perfect time for that in, uh, which was not by design, but, um, it's, it's just kind of interesting that, um, it, it almost seems like the idea was, you know, I, I was thinking, well, what's the deal, Steve? Were you just stuck at home and bored and said, oh, I'm going to make a, a computer version of dangerous sea monsters? No, but it uh, the way it came about was very bizarre because um, I've been going through a rough time uh, financially and uh, health-wise. I've had Parkinson's for 15 years and had to make some decisions on treatments. And, and so it was a rough December for me. And uh, I woke up one morning at 4 a.m. and my mind was very quiet and I just sort of lay in bed and, and this idea popped out of nowhere um, for this uh, new prehistoric shark uh, uh, sea monster adventure. And, um, you know, I realized that uh, this is an amazing idea. I need to get out of bed before I forget this thing. So I dragged myself up the stairs to my home office and started doing some research and typing. And, and five hours later, I had a, a treatment written for the series. And, and then it was a matter of, uh, then it was a matter of deciding how we're going to, are we going to take a chance and really try to make this a TV series and, a, and a, a virtual website where we need 3D animators. And I've never dealt with anything like this before. So we put an ad out on my social media sites, and uh, we started getting animators who were contacting us who all wanted to be part of this. So we put together an amazing team and, and um, took about six months, but uh, we launched it at the end of August. And and how did you come to the idea of doing the aquarium as as sort of an umbrella over um, the the TV series and uh, and these other aspects, enhanced books and and uh, um, the the educational component? How did how did that evolve? Well, the educational component actually started working itself back in 1999. Uh, in 97, May came out in hardback, and I started getting inundated from emails from students, from teenagers, who basically said that they hated to read, but they loved reading Meg. And then teachers were emailing me, telling me that they were using Meg in the classroom. And then I found out that Meg had been number, named the number one book for reluctant readers by the Young Adult Library Services Association. And so I realized something important was happening, and I needed to become part of it, so... My background's in education. I've got a, a, a bachelor's, master's, and doctorate in education. And um, so we create, we um, started the Adopt an Author program, which is a nonprofit teen reading program. And basically we provide teachers with everything they could use as far as developing a curriculum, tests, vocabulary lists, uh, quizzes, projects, everything they need. And in addition to that, we added the extra component that they the students would be able to communicate with the authors, including myself. So uh, we started out with about uh, a dozen teachers in 1999, and now we're well over 10,000 registered teachers. But what that has done is it gave us a base of, of curriculum materials that we've now altered so that it's for distance learning programs. So because of the pandemic, we're, we're ready to go. I mean, any teachers who want to set up distance learning, we provide all the materials for free, and they just have to go to either seamonstercove.com or adoptanauthor.com and access everything. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about Adopt an Author because you're the founder and director of that nonprofit uh, teen reading program, and this is all connected to that. Uh, the educational component of Seamaster Cove is, yeah. So we, we, had, we have uh, curriculum materials available there as well. And then, um, now, usually when I talk to somebody who is an author, they have a book out. And there's some sense of, now that it's out, it's done, and you move on to the next thing. And I say, so what's next for Steve Alton? But it sounds like you're probably into this project for the long haul, huh? Uh, this is my commitment to it, yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, I'm still writing, but um, I'm, I'll be finishing up uh, the third in the Lock series called uh, The Lock Heaven's Lake. And that'll only, that won't be available in stores. It will only be available through my website, stevealton.com. And then after that, it's um, one more Meg book, and, and who knows after that. But um, but like you said, my commitment is to see Monster Cove right now and, and making the TV series and writing the scripts and producing them and and that's a full-time job now well that um when when you do a, a tv series like this um is there a, a specific day and time that that episodes are posted and um is there a season to it yeah I, what we're going to do is we're going to try to sell these series to uh a netflix or a hulu or one of those companies and and that a bigger budget to work with and make a better episode. So um, I did pay for the original episodes and stuff, but um, you know we want to go. The, the potential here is enormous, especially with the Meg movie doing so well. So we think we're going to have a lot of interest. And then, but the people who are members of the site will always get to see it for free and f to see it first. They'll never have to pay for it. Well, this this is. Uh a fascinating project, Steve, and I. Um, I wish you all the best with it. It's SeamonsterCove.com uh, is the best place for people to start, so they can uh, find out more about what we've been talking about with uh, creator Steve Alton, who is the uh, best-selling author. Um, he's bringing another megalodon-caliber entertainment concept with this uh, virtual aquarium. Steve, thanks so much for spending time with me. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Once again, that was uh, Steve Alton. He is the uh, creator of the uh, Megalodon series, which became which most people know as the Meg. And uh, now there's uh, this whole new thing at seamonstercove.com. Uh, anyway, um, let's... Uh, let's move on. we got lots of cool stuff coming up on the show today. Coming up next hour, it's uh, a... Um, our annual presentation of Orson Welles' radio classic, War of the Worlds. And um, then we have uh, musical guests 
the Lords of October coming up. comes along that's spreading like a plague and POTUS and his lackeys have been nothing if not vague. Well then you've got to trust the CDC and listen well unless you want to bid our free society farewell. There is a super bad transmittable contagious awful virus and if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July. A super bad transmittable contagious awful virus and if you got a better cough in your arm and if you got a better <coughs> now back in 1918 influenza had its run but half the docs were busy overseas with world war one today we have mass media and scientists to say if you don't want this virus well then stay six feet away super damn important that we practice isolation because we are asymptomatic while it's an incubation will overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation it's super damn important that we practice isolation if we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. If we don't do it, then we're all gonna die. And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart. Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start. If you get bored, just think of the immunocompromised. Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized. Oh, super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. If we don't act quick and social distance, it will mire us. In a stretch of quarantine, the last until July. A super bad, transmittable, Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. effect of an arc on the average neighbor. Now, here's a guy going to work seven o'clock in the morning, Noah's next door neighbor, and he sees the arc. Hey, yo up there, what do you want? What is this? It's an arc. Uh-huh. You want to get it out of my driveway? I got to get to work. Listen, what's this thing for anyway? I can't tell you. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I mean, can't you give me a little hint? You want a hint? Yes, please. How long can you tread water? Of course, Noah had had a heck of a job, really. He, he had to go out and collect all of the animals in the world by twos, two mosquitoes, male or female. And uh, he had to keep telling the rabbits, only two, only two, only two. We find Noah pulling up the last two animals, two hippos, and he's really in a hurry to get them up because he's afraid that the Lord's going to call him and ask him to do something else, and his nerves are shot. This is one heck of a job for a man 600 years old. 
So we find him pulling up the last two hippos, and of course the Lord does call him there. Come on, fat hippos, hurry up. Come on, will you please? Noah. What? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Gotta take one of those hippos out and bring in another one. What for? Because you got two males down there and you need to bring in a female. Why not bring nothing in? You change one of them. <laughs> Come on, you know I don't work like that. Hell, I'm sick and tired of this. I've had enough of this stuff. I've been working all day, working hard for days and days. I'm sick and tired of this. Noah? Yeah? How long can you tread water? I'm sick and tired of this whole mess. If I have the, the whole neighborhood's out there laughing at me, you're all having a grand time at good old Noah there. I went out and got my best friend Larry. I said, Larry, listen, I've been talking with the Lord. Larry said, oh, really? I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lord Larry, Larry Lord, you walked up there laughing. I hear them all up there laughing at me. You know I'm the only guy in this neighborhood with an ark? People around there laughing, picket signs, walking up and down. I'm sick and tired of this stuff here. People are walking around there. How you doing, Tarzan? How's everything up there? Sick and tired of this mess here. You're supposed to know all and see all. You let me go out there and bring in a pregnant elephant. You give me no manual for delivery and nothing. Never told me the thing was pregnant. Here's good old Noah waiting underneath the elephant there. Boom! Right on top of the You're running around here. You're supposed to know all and see all. Like I said before, you let me go out there and do all this stuff here. You never even looked in the bottom of that ark. Have you looked down there? No. Who's going to clean up that mess down there? That's me. I'll tell you that. I've had enough of this stuff. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm letting all these animals out, and then I'm going to burn down this ark, and I'm going to Florida somewhere because you haven't done nothing. I'm sick and tired of all this mess. You're pulling around, and you haven't done nothing except as you got it raining. It's not a shower, is it? Okay, Lord, me and you, right? Because I knew all the time everything was okay. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. Like most married women, Blanche Bickerson is a romanticist. Having talked poor husband John into taking her on a second honeymoon, three o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson in the lobby of a small hotel at Niagara Falls. Exhausted and bleary-eyed from the long drive, John Bickerson unloads the luggage outside as his wide-awake wife talks to the night clerk. Let's listen. It doesn't really matter about the room as long as we have a nice view of the falls. Yes, ma'am. I'll bet you don't remember me. No, ma'am. Well, I wouldn't expect you to with all the honeymoon couples you meet. I was here seven years ago. Is that so? Yes. Well... Better luck this time. Oh, we're still married to each other. We're just having a second honeymoon. Do many people do that? No, ma'am. I wonder why. I wouldn't know, ma'am. Are you married? No, ma'am. Arthritis makes me walk this way. Will you please sign the register? Oh, I'm sorry. Last time we were here, we had to wait two days for a room. We stayed in a motel in Buffalo. Oh, here you are. Thank you. Is that Bickerson? Yes, didn't I sign it right? Yes, ma'am. Mrs. John Bickerson and husband. Here's the key, room 318. There's the automatic elevator over there. We don't have any bellboys at night. Oh, that's all right. I'll go out to the car and get my husband. John, where is he? He's not in the car. I wonder if he took the luggage out of the trunk. Good heavens! John, get out of that trunk, you darned fool. John, John, John! Blanche, 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 shut the door, there's a draft. Come out of that thing. All right, all right, all right, don't pull. Ow, my hand! Oh, serves you right. Pick up that luggage and straighten yourself up. Ow. I don't want you to go in that nice hotel looking like a ragamuffin. It's a nice muffin. Um, grab a couple of these bags, will you, Blanche? No! It wouldn't look right on our honeymoon. Come on! Oh, my back. Where's the bellboy? We don't have any at night. Are you the clerk? Yes, sir. Where's the register? I, I want a room with a bed. I've already signed it. You've got a room. Good. Where are you going to sleep? Come on, John. Stop dragging your feet. I just drove 2,000 miles for a second honeymoon. Lead me to my room. You had to talk like that in front of the clerk. Oh, let me sleep, will you, Blanche? I'd just like to go one place with you that you didn't embarrass and humiliate me. You've been unbearable since we left home. Keep going. In here? Yes. Pull the bags in so I can shut the door. No windows? No nothing? How much do they get for this broken down room? This is the elevator. (laughs) Oh, well, push the button or something and get it started. I can't keep my eyes open another minute. 
I was afraid this would happen. I'd hoped that going on a second honeymoon would bring us closer together. Can't get much closer than this, unless you throw the luggage out. Every time I want you to be romantic, you're so distant, John. What is keeping us apart? The brown suitcase. What floor are we on? I'm sleepy. You're always sleepy. When you're not sleepy, you're humiliating me. I'll never be able to face that night clerk in the morning. You won't have to. Why not? There'll be a day clerk. Which way is the room? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm going to stay in the elevator. Oh, come on, will you, Blanche? Well, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Now, where's the room? Right in front of you, 318. Well, open the door before I collapse. Thank heaven. I gotta get some sleep. Well, put the lights on. Don't stumble around in the dark. Don't want to open my eyes. Just aim me at the bed and give me a shove. I'm not gonna let you sleep until you undress properly and unpack the luggage. Oh, Blanche, why'd you have to bring so much stuff? You've got as much stuff as I have. I have not. All I brought was my toothbrush and my overnight bottle. You and that bourbon. You wouldn't take five steps away from home without it. Well, I can still remember what happened when we got snowbound in that cabin. That wasn't so terrible. Oh, not much. I had to live for two weeks on nothing but food and water. Don't throw my things around like that. There's no closet. Where shall I put these dresses? In the drawer. Where do you want these drawers? In the dresser. Fold up your pants neatly and put them under the mattress. Okay. Well, take them off first. John, what a fool I was to think you'd change. The second honeymoon was just as big a mistake as our first one. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm so sorry you made me go on this trip that I could just die. I didn't make you go. You shanghaied me. You even tried to get me to marry you again. Was that such an unreasonable request? Yes, it isn't legal. Why not? A man can't be punished twice for the same crime. Oh, that's too bad about you. How you shamed me in front of all my friends. And after I sent the invitations out, too. Well, I wasn't going to have any formal a wedding and put out a lot of dough to feed your hungry friends and their squalling brats. There wouldn't have been any brats there at all. How do you know? Because I said plainly on the invitation, Mr. and Mrs. John Bickerson will be married March 9th. No children expected. Put out the lights. I'm never going back to that horrible apartment we live in. I'm going to sit here and stare at the falls forever. Wouldn't hurt you to look at them either, John. I see them every day on the shredded wheat box. How can you be so cynical? I'm glad I have a little romance in my soul. Just the sight of those falls brings back memories. Mm, yeah. Sit up, John. Look at that cascade. Doesn't it remind you of something? Yeah. What, John? I think I left the water running in the bathtub. John, you didn't. Okay, I didn't. Good night, Blanche. I never should have trusted you to lock up. Now I'm really worried. Did you close all of the windows? Close the windows. You didn't leave any lights burning, did you? Uh, no. Did you leave food for the cat? Left enough for a week. What did you leave him? A six-pound tin of corned beef. Did you empty it into a plate? No. Well, how do you expect the cat to eat? I left the can opener on top. Stop worrying about the cat. We should have taken all the animals with us. Poor little canary locked in the cage. Cat can't get out of the house. And who is going to feed the goldfish? Oh, I'll bet they're terribly unhappy. Oh, they're not unhappy. They're having a fine vacation. They are not. They are, too. When I left, the cat was fishing. Fishing? 
fishing? Where? In the Goldfinery for bait. John Bickerson! Oh, go to sleep. The canary and the goldfish are fine, and I wish the cat would drop dead. Don't talk like that. I love that cat. When I get home, I'm going to enter him in a cat show. What for? He couldn't win anything. Maybe not, but he'd meet a lot of nice cats. Go to sleep, will you, Blanche? I'm not sleepy. Why don't you sit up and talk to me? Blanche, people don't talk at four in the morning. You talked until five o'clock on our first honeymoon. You kept reciting poetry and telling me how beautiful I was. Do you remember what you said, John? No. You told me your love for me was like a raging inferno. You said you had a fierce fire blazing in your breast like a live coal. What happened to it, John? It's only a clinker now. How can you say such terrible things to me? Blanche, I'm so sleepy, I don't know what I'm saying. I'd like to hear you say things like that to Gloria Gooseby. Can't I even go to Niagara Falls without Gloria Gooseby? The only reason you didn't was because she wouldn't have you. What? You proposed to her 15 times before you proposed to me. You big second fiddle, you. I never proposed to Gloria Gooseby, and you know it. And the next time I see her, I'm going to punch her husband, Leo, right in the nose. What have you got against Leo? He's a better husband than you are. I'm sick of hearing that, too. Leo Gooseby is a cheap, chiseling bum. He is not. He's more generous than you. Would Leo Gooseby give you a new dress? No. Would he give you a new hat? No. Would he give you a mink coat? No. Would you give me a mink coat? No. Why should I give you anything? Leo wouldn't. Stop screaming. You'll wake up the whole hotel. Well, stop goading me. You want me to do nothing but fight, fight, fight? No, I don't. All I do is ask for proof you love me, and you go into a tantrum. Blanche, what more proof do you want? I tell it to you a thousand times a day. I raise a new crop of freckles to spell out I love you. I painted it on all the Burma shave signs. Somebody's at the door, John. Honey, honey, honey. Honey! Madam, this is not a beehive. It's my bedroom. What are people wandering around in the halls this time of night? Don't be so crabby. It's probably some nice little bride who can't find her husband. Maybe he's lost. He isn't lost. He's hiding. Put out the lights, will you, Blanche? I've got a vile headache. Nobody told you to yell your brains out. Good night. If you just stand here and look at the falls for a few minutes... Your headache will go away and you'll sleep fine. Mm. Where does all that water come from? I once read it goes over at the rate of 346,000 gallons a second. John? Yeah? Are the falls higher on the American side or on the Canadian side? I don't know. I'll have to find out in the morning. What a majestic spectacle. I'm convinced there's nothing in the world like Niagara Falls. Except you, Blanche. Really, John? Why do you say that? Because you never dry up either. Good night, John. Fresh in a new dress, yeah, that's big grace. Throw the buffs on her face, cause that's big grace.
We ain't even about to stress. We got Big Greg at all. You can find her in the press under Big Greg. Fresh in a new dress. Yeah, that's Big Greg. Come on. Big Gretchen, this bitch playing no roles. Excuse all the cussing. That's just how I get my flow on. If you want to leave the state, you can stay gone. But right now, Big Gretchen said stay home. All that protesting was irrelevant. Big Gretchen ain't trying to hear y'all or the president. How we gonna take orders from a non-resident? Talking about it safe, but he ain't coming with the evidence. Big Gretchen got him shook now. When it's all over, you invited to the cookout. When it's all over, you deserve to get took out. Big Gretchen with the bucks on on the lookout. And she doing it for Michigan, so when she hit the stand, everybody should be listening. She you pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 